Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Two-Headed Game Master. I'm Cosmo, one of your Game Master heads. And I'm Dane, the blast from the past, straight from ancient Greece, the head of a Hydra! <laughs> yeah, that's my bit. This is a Hydra head. This is different kinds of heads. Um... <laughs> Two-Headed Game Master is a role-playing podcast, a podcast where we discuss our favorite hobby, share our thoughts with you all, and uh, even play some games sometimes. Cosmo, what are we going to be talking about today? Well, uh, today we're going to be getting into a discussion, sort of a tips and tricks thing. We're going to be talking about game mastering and specifically um, using the Eclipse Engine, our original uh, gaming system. Using the tools available in that to, uh, we're going to get a little more in depth on how outfitting your characters, how you can customize outfitting your characters and how you can use that customization to inform your role playing and just get a better overall experience from your role playing. Very important. Loadout customization. Mainly uh, this discussion today is going to be about mods and buffs. Uh, we're going to be using examples from our own system, the Eclipse Engine, which is available for free at 2HGM.com. Uh, but it doesn't have to be. You can have mods and buffs uh, and homebrew content for your Dungeons & Dragons, Pathfinder, your other game systems. Yeah. Uh, it's all about player choice, and uh, because of that, it's easy to skip and not fully utilize. So we want to you know, make sure that we cover that as game masters because it's very useful. Yeah. Um, okay, we are going to talk about uh, marrying game mechanics with some sort of like mods, buffs, bonuses with narrative and, uh, you know, imagining what your characters can do. We're going to talk about how to marry those two concepts. We're going to talk about some examples in uh, weaponry and equipment. We're going to talk about armor and apparel that your character might wear. Um, and we're going to talk about characters, abilities, and specialties, all in the context of how do you make little tweaks to uh, your character sheet, your game system, the bonuses that you give them to just make the whole thing better and more customizable. Sounds pretty good. Uh, so when we say game mechanics and narrative, uh, we're talking about creating a satisfying link uh, between characters, story, and game mechanics. Uh, one of our examples um, from Lord of the Rings is the Lothrian cloaks. Lothlorian. Lothlorian. Jesus. Yeah. We're rusty. But you're going to hear us talk about probably a lot of Lord of the Rings references in the next couple episodes. Because we yeah. like it. It's been a while since we've been back in the studio. Yeah. Gotta shake the rust off. Mm. Lothlorian cloaks. Uh, Alright, so they were a gift from the lady... Right, that's part of their story, part of their journey, but also they do have uh, a mechanic to them. They they help them, uh, the characters stay warm, they conceal them, uh, so there's some game mechanics in that narrative. Uh, that's what we talk about when we talk about marriage. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, you want it to be part of the story, but you also want it to have a functional... Uh, purpose. Yeah, a functional purpose and a, fu a measurable impact on gameplay a bonus to concealment well that's cool but also they got it because of this like moment in the story where they went and you know visited these people um it should also be specific to the story setting and 
you know, that changes based on what genre of thing you're doing. So if you're doing like a military type adventure, you would want to, you would want to get into it and fiddle around and, you know, give everyone like full power to customize the, uh, the like guns and gadgets and stuff that they were carrying. And also, you know, what they, what they look like, you know, are they, you know, um, Navy SEALs, uh, you know, are they Bush Mm -hmm. Marines from Vietnam era? You know, like, do they wear a bush hat or a helmet, right? You know, so there's there's a lot of little customizing bits that game masters can allow that make the, or at least in our experience, in my opinion, uh, make playing funner or more fun if you're going to be dramatically yeah, correct. you're going to be a jerk about it. Um, so, yeah, all of those things, they should serve the story they should serve the setting and then they should also have a functional measurable impact on what you're doing mm-hmm. so you know if you are like doing a vietnam adventure you're like well my guy's really cool he doesn't wear a helmet he wears like a bandana and maybe you're sacrificing a little bit of protection which, which we did before we yeah. did a vietnam thing and it was a great blast it's fun i had a bush hat i didn't have a helmet because that wasn't my look and you should, you know, take into account those things and make it a part of your, um, make it a part of your character's just like overall abilities. It should, maybe you are sacrificing some protection. It should buff something else. Their uh, their coolness. Their coolness. I think the one of the important things in this little bullet points, uh, you know, go ahead and put it on the board. Even though it might not appear so, there's always room for little customizations. Right. For example, if you're doing like a ET, like kids with bikes adventure, bikes, customize your bike. Mm-hmm. Does it have any like cards in the spokes that go clickety clickety clack? Right. And, you know, that's something you might not necessarily think if you're looking in uh, our system, the Eclipse engine, we uh, we have a few different categories of items and they're pretty general for, you know, whatever you would want. But you'd be like, well, I'm going to put a mod on my bike. And I'm going to say it affects, I don't know, it's like, it's a huge buff to my charisma because I feel really cool because I've got this, you know, I, I did the like baseball card trick and mine sounds like a motorcycle. That makes me cooler. So that is going to play into my character and the roles that they can make. I'm going to have this coolness buff. If I try and do something cool on my bike, I've got a coolness buff to it. Right. You know, so think outside the box. There's like kids with bikes. You're not going to have like plate carriers or, you know, like guns mm. or, you know, swords. Magic or armor. Magic and... armor. Mm. You're going to have, you know, maybe you have uh, like eight track. Yeah. You know? And that maybe, I don't know, maybe you got your jam on it and it's, that's. Like you, you know. get, you get a buff to, to fighting when you put your headphones yeah. on because you're all pumped up ready and to you, go. Like right? punch dancing and. Something like that, you know, a, uh, once again, a story example, something that directly ties into narrative. And then you give it a, um, you give it a functional stat in game. That's, that's the idea that we're talking about. And also keep in mind, uh, stuff can be two things. Mm -hmm. Brooklyn nine, nine reference. Uh, so like, for example, if you have an axe 
for combat, like I, my guy fights with an axe, and in the Eclipse engine, it's a fair axe, mm-hmm. right? But you could also use that axe for climbing mm-hmm. or chopping down a tree. You can use it for different things. So like, oh, what's what's its stats when you're chopping down a tree versus, well, that one's kind of a bad example because it would probably just be the damage. It'd probably be. But, but the climbing is a good climb. one. So it's a fair axe in combat. That's how much points you spent on it. It's it's of this quality value. It's fair. So that gives you what it's worth in combat. But then say, like, I'm going to use it to help me climb uh, an ice cliff. What is the... What is the non-combat bonus that a fair modification would be? Well, you could look at that and be like, all right, I'm going to give you um, a fair bonus. And I'm going to give you a plus two. Yeah, I'm going to give you a fair bonus to your climbing because that's the quality of the axe and you're using it for something different. So stuff can be two things. And when you're creating your character, you can think about that stuff. Like, oh, I'm going to take an axe because I'm a Viking. I fight with an axe. But also it has utility beyond a fight. And, you know, a good game master should take that into account and let you use it for other stuff within, you know, within reason. Mm-hmm. Going out on a limb here, uh, for a Dungeons & Dragons example, you have an axe in Dungeons & Dragons that gives you, like, an extra D4. Well, you could just use that to you climb. Climbing, you get an extra D4 to your roll. And then, like, they're going to be like, that's not how Dungeons & Dragons work, which is fair, because I don't really know. So, yeah, I know. Take your so, best uh, shot, internet. I can play, but <laughs> I don't know how to run it. We'll maybe learn someday. Um, but, yeah. So, hopefully, um, that discussion, maybe a little rambling, uh, brought together the idea of game mechanics and narrative, mm-hmm. tying those together. Uh, using mods and buffs and your imagination to make a more fulfilling story and make your characters or make your players feel like their characters are really theirs. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about weapons. Alright. So, we're going to get more into some like nitty gritty example stuff here. And here we're going to be mostly exclusively using the Eclipse Engine as an example because that's just what we... That's what we created, and that's what we know, but I don't believe there's anything here that doesn't transfer over. Oh, it doesn't, because, I mean, first up, we're going to talk about, well, what do you mean by customizing weapons, Cosmo? Well, I'll tell you. Uh, wait, I said that backwards. Yeah, as you're talking to yourself. Yeah. What do you mean by customizing weapons, Dane? Well, I'll tell you, Cosmo. Uh, Borderlands. <laughs> Great example. Great game. People Call of Duty. It. Like, the customization in the new Call of Duties is like boom oh my god there's so many things super cool you know you can put different grips on you can put different sights on you can change the barrel size magazine size you know there's mm-hmm. and same with borderlands you know it randomized you know a gun so like you could have a bandit smig with like a malawan barrel mm-hmm. and have those things all beat so if you're doing if you're doing a role-playing adventure where you know it's like modern military or like sci-fi or whatever and uh, firearms and guns and stuff is a big part of it. Using the Eclipse engine... Really easy to use. Yeah, really easy. Because you can go in, you can spend, um, you know, you spend a few points on a poor or fair uh, rifle, for example, and then go over to the mod section and spend, 
you know, points to say, like, oh, well, I have a nice, like, red dot sight on it. That gives me a plus to hit. Um, I have uh, bipods on it. That makes it, you know, more accurate. That also gives me a plus to hit or increases range, maybe, in certain situations if or I deploy them. maybe it decreases the penalty for rapid fire. Yeah. Or something like that. And those are all... The, the value of those modifications are tied directly to the quality of them. Mm. So if you spend, you know, two points on a poor one, you're going to get a little bit of a buff. But if you spent, you know, a total of like eight points on a poor weapon with three different buffs to it, you could end up really specializing in what you wanted to be good at. And you wouldn't be suffering so much from having a not that good weapon. And you'd still have plenty of points left to, you know, build out the rest of your character with armor and a radio, whatever else you need for the adventure. I think that's something that uh, we should bring in right now, uh, still early in the podcast, is specialization. Uh, you can, in the Eclipse Engine, you can outfit your character with, well, I have a rifle, a pistol, and a sword, or a dagger. Mm-hmm. Right? I got it all. I got all the weapon types. I don't know. Pretty good to have all the weapon types, you know, very uh, useful in different situations, call for different weapons. However the effectiveness of those weapons because you have so many and you're so spread out is going to be i feel like way more damaging to like you actually doing something because you're going to be needing to roll like you know 15s all game and you know that's just statistically impossible right so specialize get you know get your fair weapon and then throw a bunch of points onto mods and then make it a really good one yeah Right, so like, oh, I got this sword. I'm gonna throw a fire crystal in there. It does fire damage. I'm gonna put a grip on it, so it's you know plus one to uh, hits, uh, and now I'm gonna sharpen it, so plus one to damage, right? Or you know whatever, however many points you spend on it, it doesn't have to be plus one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the point being, and we'll get we'll get back to this idea. We have a yeah. we have a point at the end where we're going to really get into the idea of specializing versus generalizing. But specializing is really cool, and you know it gives you the things that you're really good at. And you're like, well, in this situation, I know I can handle myself. It's also fun to not be great at everything. That's where right. Um, that's where interesting stories happen. Is when you're like, well, I'm great. Maybe you're great at shooting people, mm. and you shoot all the bad guy aliens. But then, you know, there's a, a door that needs to be hacked. Well, I shoot the door. Well, yeah, that doesn't, it doesn't work. help. Someone else in your party is going to have to step up and, mm. you know, contribute. Or you're going to have to find another way around because maybe you're just not ready to, maybe you're not capable of certain right. obstacles. I do think it's important that if you do specialize, don't be a bad player and just do the same thing over and over and over again because you're good at it. It's fun to fail. It adds some some drama to the story mm-hmm. it wouldn't be much of a story if you just succeeded at right. everything so like the oh there's a mysterious stranger over there and i'm really good at shooting not so good at talking i shoot him well, what if that stranger had something cool to say man yeah like then you're just shutting off you ever read a book story. before sorry all right we should refocus we, that yeah, was that's tangent different conversation we'll uh we'll wrap that up at the end we'll return to it but uh, so that was a conversation about like modifying uh Weapons. Modifying weapons to specialize in something. Now, you can also use this kind of thinking to make novel weapons. It's really easy in the Eclipse Engine, hint, hint, mm-hmm. 
but uh, it can be applied in other engines too. I'm sure it can. It's all just pretend on paper and... Right, so some of the examples that we have come up with, or our players have come up with, are things like bolas, uh, tracker darts, sleeping gas, right? Things that weren't written in there with like an easy, what's the stats of sleeping gas? Well, I don't yeah, know. I don't know. <laughs> what's the you know stats of a net gun? Well, we don't necessarily need to tell if, you that. I'll tell you, it's not going to be the stats of a rifle. Yeah, but. You could build a net gun with the uh, with the tools available for you in the loadout very easily. And what you would do is you would roll to like you know shoot something, mm-hmm. just like you would with a regular you know. gun. But and then instead of dealing damage, you would. How much did you pay for your net gun? That's going to give you a that's going to give you a bonus value. Mm-hmm. And maybe that bonus is instead of a bonus, it's a minus right. for them to move. Right. Like oh, I got him and I got him. He's all net. He's all netted. Minus five to dexterity. Yeah. How's he gonna attack? Or a you know a tracker device like a spy thing. Like yep. oh, I slip it into his pocket. Well, yep. what does that do? Maybe plus it's, three to five. It's a, yeah, it's a plus to your perception rolls when you are trying to find them, and the amount, the amount of that bonus is just tied to the, uh, uh, to the quality. How much points did you spend on that? device. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important um, if it's not like in the rules, just make it up. Mm-hmm. You know, game masters, have a conversation with your players. Ask your players what they want to have and then you know the rules so you can ask more questions about like, okay, so you want a net gun. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you imagine its effects are going to be? I players, want it to tie people up with a net. Okay. Uh, so here's what we're going to do. You're going to spend points on it because you need to. And, you know, the more points you spend on it, the better it's going to be at disabling your target. Minus two dexterity, right? Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Um, you know, stuff. The uh, these They're called bonuses when, they're, when you read them in the Eclipse engine. I imagine they're called similar things in other engines. Uh, but you can just turn them around and make them penalties as yep. well. Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily need to apply to your character. They could apply to the target. And you'd be like, well, this would be a... Instead of a plus to uh, dexterity, it's a minus to dexterity because I tied them up with rope. Mm-hmm. And then what to untie it? Well, I don't know. Perception to untie a knot. Right, or, or and, dex to cut it. Yeah. Maybe, you know, he, he slips a knife out of his pants and cuts it. All those things are just, you know, simply built into the system of, you know, one stat versus another stat that gives you a simple roll and allow you to just, you know, increase the variety and customization of the whole experience. And something that I've done a lot as a game master is, like, there might just be something you forgot to cover in, like, a novel weapon or whatever... And like, oh, I don't want to stop the flow of play to like discuss this rule, so I'm just going to completely like freestyle what's best for the story, right? Like, oh, I forgot to come up with a difficulty to untie or get out of the net, right? Is it good for the story if this bad guy gets out of the net? If it is, then he gets out of the net. Mm-hmm. But if, if it's like they're trying to capture this guy to get information and they've been chasing this guy for three days, 
maybe I won't allow that. Maybe he gets stuck in the net and they capture him and interrogate him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think that uh, that covers our little section on tricking out weapons. I feel like from what we've went through, what we went over there is uh, more than enough for anyone to get a starting point. Well, you would hope so. You would, you would hope so. We'll see. Uh, but next, we're going to talk about, like, clothes and apparel in kind of the same way. Um, we think in these games, because it is pretend, that, you know, style is important. And players should have the freedom to dress their characters, appear how they want to appear. you got to be styling. And for that appearance to also impact the story. And in turn, impact their role-playing. If it's a part of the story... If it affects how they actually behave with stats, then it also is going to affect how they roleplay that character. And all of that combines to just, you know, give you an overall good experience. So. Example time. Example time. Power armor. Power armor's fucking cool. Any any role player should be familiar with the concept of power armor. Mm-hmm. Everyone's played Fallout games. Or Most at least people, seen them. Yeah, seen it around. Most people at least have, like, some idea... Right of or the, you know, like 40k universe right or, or Halo. Halo. Um, you got to know about Halo. So, much in the same way we talked about, uh, like customizing your your rifle if you were doing, you know, like a hardcore military adventure. With armor, pay for a piece of armor. Probably don't like blow the bank on it. Spend a little bit of points in the beginning to give you just, like, baseline protection. And then pay for some additional mods. Maybe, a you know, a buff to strength, a buff to perception. Maybe Speed. your armor has, like, kick-ass, uh, you know, optics built into the visor. Mm-hmm. I can use them. They, they're binoculars. And it's like right. paying for binoculars, mm-hmm. but they're part of your armor. Or a motion tracker, maybe. You know, yeah. like, boost your, you know, I'm not going to get snuck attacked by nobody. Mm-hmm. Your just like your base perception. Well, it's a lot harder for the alien to sneak up on you if you've got a little radar built into your um, built into your helmet display. Mm. All of those are things that you could buy separately. You could be like, I I've paid for a radio, I've paid for mm-hmm. a telescope, I've paid for you know whatever. But you can inform the story by making them modifications on another piece of gear that you already have, like a piece of armor. It improves my strength, my speed, my perception. Um, It's kind of my main thing. And then, you know, you have this really interesting option of, like, what happens when your player um, is out of the armor or something? Do they... I do feel like it's real quick, very important to go back, um, because I don't want people to get it twisted, Mm -hmm. like they so often try to do. Uh, Each of those stats that Cosmo just listed... Would be separate mods that you have to pay for. You oh can't, yeah, 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 You can't buy an excellent mod that buffs Everything, all of those right. things. You would need to be spending separate things on them. So you'd spend like two points on a small buff to strength. And you're like, my armor gives me that. Another couple of points on your binoculars, whatever. Right. Yes. Don't get it twisted. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I feel like power armor. In the same way, you buy a piece of gear then you buy things to add to it. Mm. You improve it and you specialize it. Um, and again, we're mostly talking about the Eclipse engine, but I can't think of any reason why you couldn't you know, have an item like this in any other system, and I'm sure... I agree. 
uh, I'm sure that the infrastructure exists for you to make this stuff up. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, our one of our favorite examples um, from one of our players is his big sexy hat. Uh -huh. It's just a big sexy hat, but he modded it out so it gives him confidence. And I know we've talked about this one before, but I like it. Yeah. It's it's 100% an appearance thing, but it reminds me of like, you know, Indiana Jones, how he like he goes Grabs back for his, his hat. hat all the time. Mm. And it's not a piece of armor. It's not a functional thing, but... In the context of the story, it is functional because he's not like his full self unless he's, you know, got his hat. When he loses his hat, that sucks for him. But when he's got it, he's like at full power. He's so, Indiana Jones. You know, give a character a big sexy hat. Without his hat, he's just junior. Yeah. <laughs> but with it, he has a kick-ass charisma modifier. Indiana was the dog's name. <laughs> That's my... Uh... By Sean Connery. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the last one we talked about again, Lothlorien Cloak. Terrific example um, of an element of the story. They take their little break in the woods and the lady of the woods gives them some gifts. And one of them is a new cloak. It's right, and better. so it's used several times later in the story, like uh, you know, Pippin drops the the brooch. Uh huh. Uh, Frodo and Sam use it to remain undetected. It's all, you know, it's it's those two ideas: narrative and setting, combining with gameplay mechanics. When you combine those two things, and you give your players the option to uh, come up with that stuff for themselves, you deepen the role playing experience and you improve. The role-playing experience. I said it twice. Uh, you improve the whole so thing. Nice. You gotta say it twice. <laughs> um, yeah, those things combine to create an overall better experience. All right. So specializing your character. We talked a little bit about it before in the weapon section, and we're gonna get into it now. Mm -hmm. This is. Specializing in the same way you would specialize a piece of gear, but we're talking about now doing things uh, doing things directly to your character, like on the character sheet. Right, and uh, so like in the Eclipse Engine, uh, one of our original settings, uh, Afterlife, I think we will be mentioning it more and more yeah. as we get it more and more ready to release. Uh, but, you know, heads up on that one. Uh, just slipping that in there. Little tease. So, in in that setting, uh, you can have mutations, right? So, that's the mod to specifically to your character, right? For example, dark vision. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, does that sound familiar? Why, Staple yes, of fantasy role playing. In our post-apocalypse setting, you your character might have dark vision, and but the way they might get it is through um, spending a little bit of points. Mm. on a mutation. My character has a dark vision mutation where in low light, my eyes still see good. And like everything else we said, it would be a little bit of points spent mm. for a bonus to your perception or your skill in, you know, in specific right. so, situations. Perfect example. We've been talking a lot about Eclipse Engine here, but here's an example of Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons already doing what we are talking about. Some species just have dark vision. Mm -hmm. That is a mod. 
that gives them the ability to see in the dark. Mod. Another example from uh, from D anD D, which you know seems to resonate with a lot of people. Well, like when I, I know, like when I say, "Oh, I'm into role playing," people yeah. are like, "What?" I'm like, but, "Oh, like Dungeons, like and, Dungeons and, Dragons. and Dragons." Oh, I get it. Even though we've played D anD D like four times, yeah. ever, but, but every like that's the, just. Uh, that is the yeah, it's there. the cultural touchstone mm-hmm. for the hobby. D and D does this really well in uh, you know selecting stuff about your character background. A really great example I like is the like language stuff because language has mm-hmm. sort of like yeah. a magical thing in D and D. Not everyone can just like speak a demon's language, the infernal or the like Sylvan, the Fey right. language. That's not necessarily something that you can learn depending on you know your game master and the setting you're playing but when you're building your character you can say well oh because of a thing in my past mm-hmm. i have this that's yeah that is a very super cool i loved creating a character in dungeons and dragons it's fun dnd beyond makes it into yes. like a whole separate game of its own to yeah. just build characters it's fucking I made cool like five. <laughs> um <laughs> But uh, digress. Yeah. So uh, language, language in in D anD D is a really great example of that because it has you know in game effects. Whoa! Ugh. What was that? Sorry, I just choked. It's good I to be back in the choked, studio. Choked folks. on my water a little bit. It's fine. Um, and the uh, the rest of the game world ties back into that stuff because different monsters are listed with the languages they know. So you know. If you if you can speak infernal, then that gives you another option in an encounter with a devil or a demon. And if you don't, that option is locked off to you. You can't try and talk to it. Well, maybe you can because I'm try. sure I'm sure demons also can mm-hmm. like learn common and other languages try. or whatever. But maybe it's not a terrific example. But. Uh, yeah. Right, so that's what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, the here, game folks. mechanics the game mechanics weave together and they are tied directly to story. Which is what we're trying to push. That's the idea we're trying to push is you combine those two things, you improve the overall experience, mm-hmm. you have the choice to do whatever you want. Right? Uh you know, so like specializing your character, you're uh you want a climbing skill. You want to be good at climbing. Mm. Uh, hey, you can improve that by like getting some ninja claws, right? For a mod, mm. you know, I I have ninja claws on my hands. Uh, they give me a further bonus to climbing trees, but also maybe uh, they can be used as a melee we- or a you know un unarmed weapon in a pinch, you know, or like maybe you know classic ninja. You can block a sword by like yeah, with know, the little claws the between your, your fingers. Hand. That's right? cool thing but like it's very situational like that's not going to come up all the time right because you're not always going to be climbing the side of a wall or you know if you're just like walking through the market that bonus to uh that bonus to strength or whatever in in the situation of climbing Mm. doesn't come into play so you're hyper specialized into this one thing that you're good at it's fine because you don't always have to be good at things right and that's, that's, I think, what we're saying. Hyper-specialization is fucking cool in a role-playing game. Because it's really fun when you are, like, yeah. good at that, oh, that weird thing that gets you out of that jam. You just happen to be good at it. That makes for a perfect story. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to also be bad at stuff. And that's kind of, like, 
that's one of the last things here in this section is to like beware. I feel like we brought this up once before, maybe when we were talking about Wasteland. Uh, when we when we talked about Wasteland three in a few episodes ago. Uh, the idea of like over generalizing your party so that you can just always right. handle yeah. everything yeah. is not that interesting. But it is interesting when you know you have a couple characters who are mostly specced out for stealth, and so that is how you approach most of your situations with like stealth and long range attacks. Mm. And then when you can't do that, you're at a disadvantage. That makes for an interesting story. And interesting play because you gotta think out. Players gotta think outside the box when their first instincts, yeah, like their isn't character's effective. first instinct, right, doesn't work. They're like, oh, I snipe from like an invisible, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, hide, whatever, cloak. Well, you can't do that right now. What are you gonna do instead? Mm-hmm. Well, shit. Do I have a backup? Mm. Then they have to problem solve. Then they have to explore other things. Right. They they got to look through their inventory. What else do I got? How can I use the things right now? Yeah. It's fun, it's fun. in role-playing to have both, uh, both specialties and shortcomings. Mm-hmm. And players, uh, it's fun to try and fail. Like, not try and fail, but like, just because you know you're going to fail at the role... Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean or you, you know it's going to be hard, it. at least. And you're like, right, oh, yeah. I try and climb the thing. Maybe your your ninja friend is really good at climbing. Mm-hmm. And that's the mission, is you have to like climb this wall to infiltrate the right. castle. So ninja friend just scurries up the wall, and you're like, well, well I, I want to climb up the wall, too. I have to fucking try, at least. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you do it, and you're like, great. How am I going to get back out? <laughs> or, you know, you fail, and now you have to like split up. One of you stays hidden, and the other one... Avoids the guards. Or right, whatever. and has to go through the sewer with all the poop. Yeah, the dirty poop. <laughs> all right, yeah, I think, you know, put that up on the board, too. Uh, it's fun to have shortcomings, uh, and it's fun to have special uh, specialities. Yeah, it's fun to have both. To have the things you're good at and to not be so good at everything. Um, I think uh, that about, well, I mean, we're definitely through our outline. Yeah. So, let's recap. Okay. Right. What did we talk about? Well, we talked about marrying game mechanics and narrative. We gave a couple examples. Lord, mm-hmm. uh, Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Um, talked about how that would apply in different settings. Um, how, you know. Right. The, the game mechanics come into play in the story. Yeah. And how that's the point of the whole thing. We want you to customize stuff. We want you to combine the story of who you, your character is with what they're able to do. Right. And these these mods and creating speciality can be done. Uh, we talked about weapons. We talked about apparel. Uh, and we talked about specific uh, like mods to your characters, like Dark Vision, mm-hmm. for example. Uh, so it, this kind of stuff can really be done anywhere. In any aspect of your character, you can have a bonus or, or a mod, if you will. Uh, so it's really just up, limited by your imagination, which I guess, you know, duh, everything's limited by <laughs> your imagination. It's, it's uh, imaginary story or, you know, whatever. Storytelling. Shut up. It's all pretend. Um, yeah. So. Well, that's uh, the end of this episode. I think of so. Of Two-Headed Game Master. I think that about does it 
You can find us at 2HGM.com, mm-hmm. where there is the Eclipse Engine for free. For free, along with uh, character sheets and you know everything you need to get started with a free and easy role-playing system. Don't forget to visit our Patreon. The link is on the website. Mm-hmm. Or tweet us. Uh, or email us, too. Our email is also on the website. Love yes. to hear your feedback. Uh, tell us what we're doing right. Tell us what you want to hear more of. Don't really tell us what we're doing wrong, because I don't want to hear it. I don't want to fucking hear that <laughs> shit. But, yeah. Uh, 2HGM.com, Twitter, Patreon. I think that's it. We will... Uh, See you all next time. Yeah. Uh, Thank you to the Burning Saviors uh, for the use of their theme song, Pontillus Finest, as the intro and outro of our show. And 